Welcome to Permeable Minds with Ethan and Yvonne. Every episode we'll be bringing you a new topic to share and discuss. Remember there are no wrong answers and all we ask is for you to keep an open mind. We can't wait for you to take part and join in the conversation. Welcome back to Permeable Minds and waiting in the wings we have two more guests that are joining me and Ethan this episode. So they wanted to really chip in on the back of our intelligence discussion. So one episode we were discussing the difference between intelligence and emotional intelligence and both of them basically replied to the Instagram story and they felt like they had something to say. So before we jump into the crux of today's episode, I was wondering if our guests would kindly introduce themselves. So... Okay, so I am Lucy Coudere. So I've worked in learning and development consultancies for the last six, seven years. So I do leadership, management training, coaching. I'm also a career coach. So emotional intelligence is kind of what we we talk about all the time when we do our training, leadership, management, and so on. So, yeah. Thanks for joining, Lucy. Welcome. Thank you. And I'm Linny. I'm 27, and actually I'm doing a little bit of a change. So I've managed projects before, and I'm starting to manage people now. So I need to make the swap from uh, IQ to EQ. Wow. Okay, that's a that's an interesting take on profession, to be honest. What a strong intro. I feel like these two have blown us out of the water. Like, I think we need to let them take over from now on. I guess what are your initial takes? Like, how did that, like, after hearing it, was there anything that kind of struck you, either of you, straight away as a, uh, a thing that you agreed with, disagreed with? Um, if I can go first, uh, when I first listened to the podcast, I noticed how similar I am to Yvonne in a lot of the aspects that have been mentioned in the post, uh, podcast. But the more I thought about it, I was wondering what actually makes like a well-rounded adult in terms of like when we're talking about neurotypical people, because of course, if you have learning disabilities, for example, any sorts of troubles that, you know, give you problems thinking straight about what's right or wrong, for example. Obviously, I would think that's an exception, but how much IQ, how much EQ do you need in what relationship, kind of, to be a well-rounded adult? And so I thought about it way more and took a few notes, and I really wanted to put my opinion out there for that reason. Oh, I think for me, it's kind of similar. I mean, with Yvonne, we get on because I think we are quite similar in that in that sense and when you put that Instagram story on instinctively I was like well obviously emotional intelligence is so much better than IQ and now on reflection I probably now I'm probably thinking why does it why do we need to choose between the two between EQ and IQ as as you're saying Lenny, it's probably a, like a balance between the two that's probably needed but again it depends what kind of industry or what kind of role um, you're in or what kind of person you want to be Maybe you don't, it doesn't matter to you. Maybe you want to be the type of person that everybody uh, trusts uh, or enjoys being around, or maybe you want to be the expert in something. So it depends on your values, I guess. But um, yeah, those are my, my initial thoughts on that. The first thing that struck me was you both had like an instinct knee-jerk reaction to the podcast, which is, you know, it's good that we're kind of provoking thought and you're both thinking and you you first of all had that initial reaction but then the whole point of this is obviously to get you thinking so the fact that you guys spent a lot of time thinking about this and like reflecting on what we were saying is great this is what we're here and even you probably heard on multiple episodes we pretty much change our minds on the episode because we feel like we've either convinced one another or we've changed our minds but just by explaining our own thoughts. So, um, Lily, I don't know if you want to go first in in trying to describe the what would you consider to be like a an all rounded like individual. Like, what were your um, thoughts on how to go about not defining it so much? But I, I like what you said about as an adult as well, because that's one of the questions I had 
maybe a little bit later on it might come up but as an adult I feel we have different a different perspective on you know intelligence than we did when we were younger so I don't know you guys go first and explore that and I, I can chip in a bit later Okay, yeah. So what I was thinking, long story short, basically, is you need to have a above average level of both, is what I would say. So you need to be slightly above average, at least in the IQ department, but also in the EQ department. Because as a child, I think you can get away with being very sociable, very personable, but a little bit stupid, for the lack of a better term. (laughs) But... You can also get away with being a real smart ass and knowing everything, like even beyond what is appropriate to know for your age or what is basically like not appropriate in the sense of, you know, there's inappropriate topics, but just things, you know, at 10 years old, which you usually learn way later in life, basically. And you get away with being a bit of an antisocial kid because people usually chalk it up to, oh, you know, he's shy or he's just a bit socially awkward, you know, but as an adult, you don't really get away with either of these things, I feel. That's so true. You can't get away with being stupid because, you know, cool, you have a lot of friends, but you're dumb as a brick. So (laughs) what does it do, right? But on the other hand, if you're really smart, but you have the emotional range of a plastic spoon, I don't think this is going to get you any far either. So you can't really get away with that as an adult. I love both of those comparisons, by the way. I don't know whether it's just within your circle. Ethan also used the term dumb as a brick, which I really appreciate. And I thought he actually accused me of being dumb as a brick at one point. So I think um, I heard that too. (laughs) No, it's a complete misunderstanding. I think my words were, whoever edited that episode clearly put it together to make out a victim uh, when there was no victim. I understand. But... Lucy, did you have any any thoughts on? Well, I think you can actually probably get away with a lot if you are emotionally intelligent. Because if you don't know anything about a specific topic, I think you can get you can get further. Maybe I'm backtracking now to what I said that actually I think EQ is more important. Um, I think ultimately a balance is always good in, in everything, but I think you can get away with more things if you get people to trust you. I'm not saying to use it, and you can use it to manipulate people in a way, I guess. But but um, it is you can get further. You can if you build relationships, then if you're able to to gain trust, then I think you can get not in a malicious way, although that's possible. Um, you can get so much further, I think, than just having just knowledge. And I think we shouldn't be afraid to use the word manipulate. No, I mean, manipulate this is, is a this bad is the rap. problem I had. This is the problem I had with the previous episode. So maybe Lucy and Ethan can explain. I don't understand the concept of being so emotionally intelligent that you can use it in a malicious way. Well, because for me, emotional intelligence is so the ability to perceive, to use, um, understand, and like manage or handle emotions, whether it's your own and or other people's emotions. So that ultimately can be used for good or for bad, like anything, like knowledge, IQ can be used for bad or for good, depending, it depends how you use it. Um, so that's the way I see it. And you can, some people do manipulate it. People will try and gain your trust because they're good at, they've got good people skills. And actually it's to scam you or something. You know, people do that with, people that do scams are emotionally intelligent. But what about um, gaslighting? Isn't gaslighting also making use of somebody's emotions and to kind of falsify their impression of a situation? So... I feel like this is also an example where you could definitely use emotions and feelings in order to maliciously um, manipulate somebody's impression of something. Yeah, 100%. I'm not saying it's a good thing. (laughs) Um, And obviously use your powers for good, but it's, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Then how about use the word maneuver instead? Because this is what I was thinking about when I heard the bit about the word manipulation often being negatively connotated why not use maneuver instead because manipulating can also be meant as maneuvering a situation or maneuvering a certain um, problem you have for example be it in a good way or in a bad way so perhaps that's the better term for this it definitely has less negative connotations so i think i'm 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 happy to accept the word maneuver approval But words have a meaning for a reason, though, because manoeuvre and manipulate are still a bit different. Manoeuvre, for me, feels like mm, shifting something slightly. 
but manipulating is, is more control. Um, and sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you can definitely <laughs> a good kind of goal, isn't it? And of course, a good goal or a good aim does differ from person to person. So somebody might say, oh, this result would be really good for me, but obviously it would not be good for the general public or a group that you're involved in. Whereas somebody else could interpret this completely differently and just say, this is this is not a good approach for anyone or for everyone, you know? So perhaps, yeah, you could manipulate a situation without a malicious intent, I guess. I think so. Because I can't, again, we're really bad at coming up with prime examples, but you could manipulate something to without doing it in a bad way, right? I'm, I'm thinking the way Lucy was describing it, it kind of reminded me of like a salesperson. The whole reason for you, for them, they're building a relationship and wanting to build your trust for you to trust them to be able to buy something, yada, yada, yada. So, and obviously selling, buying and selling isn't necessarily a bad, a bad thing. So I definitely get that. And you could manipulate a situation for the greater goods. I'm trying to think of a... The example, example. (laughs) you know, something that's not good that's happening. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something bad that would happen. And you would intervene to try and manipulate, you know, the the situation or people's emotions in the situation to have a better outcome. I'm just trying to find it. I think like an easy one would be if you manipulate an evil person, right? I mean, like, I think... (laughs) I think we've gone off topic a little bit here. We've gone into the weeds of like manipulate versus maneuver, which is that's that's I'm a whole. Glad we've pod. had that debate though, because it's been weighing on me for the last however many weeks since we recorded. But I wanted to go back to something Linny said. Um, you were you were speaking about the difference of you know when you were younger, you would be able to get away with not having one type of intelligence over another. So the question I wanted to ask to all of you, really, something that I was thinking about when I re-listened to the podcast, is do you think that maybe our education and the way we've been brought up, like in our education systems, and to be fair, the so me and Ethan went through the same education system, but actually Linny and Lucy have been through different education systems, so maybe it's something completely different. But do you think our education has shaped the way that we define intelligence? Yes, I would say so. Um, I've gone through a very rigorous educational system in Germany, like think boarding school in the middle of the Bavarian forest. So it was very tough. Intelligence was the number one priority. It was the number one thing to have. And intelligence was obviously defined as good grades. So you're very book smart. You're very intelligent, well-spoken for a sixth grader, for example. So that's what they defined as intelligent. And I grew up with a very strict like study regimen on like my mother's side, especially like she would be sitting with me and like not force me, but she would discipline me a lot to be like, hey, we've got to sit here and do your homework until it's finished. We got to have a study session even on Saturdays, Sundays. Uh, We've got tutoring for the subjects that I was bad in because School smart was the non plus ultra to be basically, so it was very, very strict, and I feel like that shaped a lot in how I thought about these things for a long time. Which now is different based on my personal experiences as an autonomous adult, but yeah, definitely, I was shaped by this kind of experience. Because, also, correct me if I'm wrong, just because. Um, this is for my own personal interest more than anything else as well. Obviously, I, I studied languages. I studied German. I have a, a great love of Germany. Um, you have a tiered system and your education yeah. is geared towards you going to a school to get you into university or you going to you studying a particular topic so you can go down a vocational route. It's actually set out in like a three tiered system. Am I right? Exactly. So depending on what kind of tier you go to, Um, For example, the lowest tier would be, I think they call it Mittelschule now because the original name is too negatively connotated at this point. But it's usually the students that are not as academically smart or like they're not considered as intelligent as other students, but they are, however, very good at, uh, let's say, manual things. So those are the boys that later become, for example, car mechanics, or those are the girls that later go into baking or into a restaurant business or something like this. 
Then you have Realschule, which is like the, the middle thing, like a mid-level. You could do either. So you could go into a vocational training or you could add another year or two in order to then go to university. And then you have the last tier, which is Gymnasium, which is basically comparable to grammar school in England. Yeah. And this is the highest tier. Like you complete that school and then you're pretty much allowed to go to university given that your grades are actually good. Because if you flunk it then, then they still accept that maybe you're not the smartest cookie in the tin. Mm. And you said the word allowed as well. You're allowed to go only if you've got the grades. Yeah. Yes. You had to be good in elementary school, which is, you know, it doesn't really say much. Like I know you said it in the original episode of the podcast, like, Kids think they're really smart in fourth grade because they managed to get into grammar school. Exactly. But it's not that hard. I mean, considering you only start really grading stuff in Germany from year three onwards, and then a year later, you're already allocated into a different tier. I don't think it says all too much. It's only really when you go to the new tier of school where it actually like it kind of crystallizes itself out of the situation. That's why a lot of people also drop out or like they move down a tier or they move up a tier because then they kind of notice this is not the right environment for me because it's too hard or it's too easy. What about in France, Lucy? So I, I did my school education in the UK. Oh, sorry. Um, I thought you did it in France. <laughs> I went to a European school. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like, a, like an international school. Um, and so it's different to the English system. Definitely not as rigid as it is in Germany. Um, and I, I was just thinking about what I learnt in school and I feel like I learned more in school than I did in university in terms of soft skills um wow that is surprising <laughs> well I think because I was really lucky that it was a um I absolutely love school like we had um we didn't have like societies like you would at university but we had a lot of like extracurricular stuff that we could do um like organizing events um I organized those quiz nights I did Arabic after school to planned trips and just cultural events or whatever we did loads of stuff that we led and I say we it's I was probably quite a driven person anyway so I would lead a lot of those things and, and get involved but ultimately when you, you get to like exams and stuff assessments what do they mark they mark subjects they don't mark you on you know is she good at building relationships or um is she really self-aware um has she got empathy or you know, um, if she's, can she regulate her emotions or whatever it is? They don't evaluate that. And whether they should or they shouldn't, I think they should, but I'm hesitating because I'm just thinking of what it would be like. To... I also agree that it should be, but I wouldn't know how to measure it. Because you, you can see that, because you know you've had like, well, I've never done one, I don't think. I've never done an IQ test. But I've done loads of EQ tests or questionnaires, or I don't think we're supposed to call them tests or assessments or whatever and those in anyway in my field of work are being developed and we even did a program that was centered around that tool of measuring your uh, emotional intelligence and you can do it after six months and a year and see if it changes and so on and it gives you a, a score of your emotional intelligence and which areas to improve on um so do you, you know can... what areas it's on yeah there's like i tried to find my report the other day but i can't find it I just remember optimism because that was quite high for me, but self-control was really low for me. <laughs> because I, I, I express myself, maybe I, I don't think before I speak or act. So I just remember those two areas. But there's relationships in there, there's self-awareness. Self-awareness, I think, is the biggest out of all. It's the hardest to develop. And that's a, like a continuous, I don't think you ever reach like a, a full self-awareness uh, point. Is it something we should strive to? Like if they, you know, with these EQ tests then or assessments, hmm. it's something that everyone should strive to kind of get max score on, for example, in your opinion? Probably not, because I think it's, it can't be measured like IQ way, you know, and even the IQ, well, I think that's why there was, there was a shift. When was it? Like in the, in the 90s where emotional intelligence was like, well, this is a new thing, IQ, let's forget that because actually it's not. It's not that great. And that was a score where you need to get a high score, high score to be, to prove that you're intelligent. I don't know if that proved that much. And it's the same with this, especially with emotional intelligence, because it's a bit more fluid. Is fluid the right word? I can't just... I'm Sounds, good. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, that maybe it's, you know, you're not trying to reach. Because back to my point earlier is who do you want to be? What do you want to be known for? What do you, do you want to be? Um, do you want to have a lot of, of a big network? Do you want to be good at building relationships? Or do you want to be an expert in your field? And actually, I think obviously you need a balance, but maybe also thinking about what actually you want. Um, but with the self-awareness thing, that's, I think that's the main piece because sometimes you're not self-aware that actually you do need other skills uh, or you need a bit more emotional intelligence. But to answer your question, no, don't think this. I can't even remember what the original question was. <laughs> no, I said like, should people strive to be the most, like score the highest on oh. EQ assessments, which I, I didn't even know was a thing. Um, well, did I? I'm saying no, because I think there's different tools out there that give you different scores. So the research behind it is probably not that advanced yet to really be, this is the score that you need to get, in my opinion. But if there was a uniform test where you could say, if you take this, this is a definitive answer. I definitely think we should strive to get like a max score on this, because nowadays I feel you have a lot of people who lack a bit in the EQ department and it's very very noticeable so I think we should all strive for that not saying that you know I'm perfect in, in any sense or like in either direction really because I can be pretty stupid on some days and pretty mean on other days but on some other days I'm actually a pretty decent human but generally speaking uh, we should be aiming for that am I right Ethan? No I think look, <laughs> if, if life was a video game and we could have max eq stats and max iq stats that would not hurt anyone like it would only be beneficial i i believe right yeah i think there needs to be a self-awareness piece before that because it's usually those eq tests are or assessments are self um you, you do it yourself like you respond to i don't know to 100 questions so you could one you could cheat the system if you're not really worried about eq but then that probably tells you a lot about your current uh, emotional intelligence. Um, but then if you're not self-aware to recognize that, because if you strive for a specific score, then you, you, you could just cheat the system because you're self-evaluating. If you really care about it, if like Lynn, you're, you're becoming a people manager. Um, so that's something that's really, you know, key to, to your role and to, because now you're um, managing people, you'll be developing others as well. Um, so you'll have a vested interest in, in doing well exactly. but for the right reasons not just to yeah. get a score because you want to, to help your team members and you might want to progress and, and show that you're a good manager exactly um, like you need a certain like good perspective for it like you need a good reason why you want to actually pass that test so yeah maybe my way of saying it like everybody should strive is not a good blanket statement but if you do pick it apart like that then I still stand by it. I said what I said, and people should strive to be good people, but for the good reasons. Do you think we so. should be working on both? Oh, definitely. Do you yeah. think one is easier than the other? Depends on the on the individual. For me, EQ would be easier. Me too. Same. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 because, like, ironically, like, I was going to bring this up because it's actually something that my brother, Jason, who, for the listeners out mm -hmm. there, is sitting off camera doing something. Um, <laughs> but he did mention this. He, um, I think his opinion was that EQ was easier to improve as well. Am I right? 100%, 100%. Okay, yeah. So um, I don't know, I'm not sure. My question on this topic was, does having one affect the growth of the other? So like if everyone started at zero, for example, um, let's assume that EQ can be improved at a quicker rate than IQ. But with, if someone had really high EQ, could he or she or they improve their IQ at a faster rate than someone with high IQ who is attempting to improve their EQ? I don't know if you guys understood what I was talking about. I, I said Q a lot. So, um, <laughs> yeah, what do you guys yeah. think? If you're more self-aware, then you kind of know how you learn and, and that would help in learning knowledge, right? That makes sense in my mind. And if, you're, if you gain more knowledge, 
maybe like on learning theory or emotional intelligence theory, you, I don't know, you, you read the book, the Daniel Goleman book about emotional intelligence and look at the theory or the research. Because that's kind of IQ, isn't it? You know, well, that's how I see it. Researching and just building knowledge. Uh, I was like partially agreeing with this because I feel, yes, if you are a person with a high IQ, you might be able to pick up a higher EQ way easier through reading the right materials, immersing yourself in that topic from like an academic point of view. But somehow I feel like the opposite might not be as true. It's still possible, but I think to a smaller degree, perhaps, because isn't isn't intelligence as in like the IQ also kind of genetically predestined, if, if I'm not, not mistaken? I'm not like too sure about how things work, but isn't it also partially dependent on your family history, parents, etc.? So I feel if the potential is there, you can definitely improve, but some people just don't have the potential and they stay at a certain level, no matter what they do. That's a pretty damning statement. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I mean, I would probably... Uh... This is going out on the internet, by the way, just to let you know. <laughs> I don't know, hearing you say that, I was thinking... God, absolutely not like and like it's not in your genes or it's not because your parents are a certain way uh or I don't know educated a certain way well I, I, I don't know what you're uh, inferring but instinctively I was like oh my god no that's not true and it can't be true there's no research around it I don't maybe there is research um but in my mind I'm like no everything can be developed you just have to have the right mindset or attitude uh, and not people telling you that you can't <laughs> Honestly, that's fair enough. I mean, I usually do kind of thing. You need the right mindset. But with some things, I just feel like you have a certain level, you have a certain potential for it, and you can't really go beyond that potential. But obviously, I'm very happy to be proven wrong if, if that's not the case. I think people have natural, like, well, preferences or natural like abilities. Like, you know, if, you, if you're more extroverted or introverted, uh, you might tend to to have um, things might be easier for you than it is for another person. But that doesn't, for me, that doesn't mean that you can't learn something. The thing that came to my mind instinctively when Ethan asked the question was, I think someone with a high IQ might be able to digest and acquire the knowledge, but I don't, and I'm thinking about a specific person in my mind, by the way, this is not just generally people with high IQ. This is a specific person in my mind. I don't know whether they'd be able to actually apply that knowledge if they had a low EQ. Now that you say it, oh my God, I'm actually thinking of a person as well. It's obviously not the same person. But not, <laughs> we like we know one person in common, uh, Linnea. It can be the same person. You're, you're, you're uh, saying I have a high IQ, if that's me then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't you, but no, but I fine. just noticed that basically my entire statement uh, just a mere 45 seconds ago was completely debunked by this. Um, but yeah, I also think of a person that was very academically intelligent, like considered academically intelligent. We're talking like a very sciencey PhD, but remember the emotional range of a plastic spoon? It was below that. So no matter how much you tell this person, like, hey, it's a social norm that you do this, you do that, or this is a social clue for this situation, etc. they would not get it. So actually, now that you guys say it, maybe it's not got anything to do with genetics or family or whatever. I stand corrected. <laughs> I know he's not in the podcast, but he is in the wings, okay? He went to quite a prestigious university. He does quite a prestigious and he does quite a clever, you know, he's a doctor, right? I'm just trying to think of the people in my life who went to prestigious universities and are doctors, you know, academically really good. But then would you also say that someone like Jason has social skills? Who are you asking? <laughs> Either Linny or Ethan, whoever would like to chime in. Sorry well, to I'll... use you as bait there, Jason. That's <laughs> all right. I'll... Go on then, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's like rubbing his hands together like, let's go. I think he is honestly more of 
an IQ person, but he is very sociable. He kind of combines a bit of the best of both worlds, but not to a crazy extent, you know? It's not, I'm not calling you stupid, okay? Just prefacing this, I'm not calling you stupid. He's not a genius, right? But he's really smart. But he's also not like the most social butterfly there is out there. He also has like a bit of a social battery that tends to run out at times. So he, he tends to be quite funny, quite jokey, quite, you know, laughs a lot. But on the other hand, he's also just very like academically intelligent. At least this is how I got to know him over the past like three and a half years. Maybe you have more experience with him. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, right, I would... Like, you know my opinion from the from that episode, you know my opinion on my own personal levels of each. Yes. I would say he's got me beat in both. That's my honest yeah. opinion. Ooh, fine. Because he was kind of, I know he's like, you know, I can see his knee in the corner, but he's the only person I can think of that went to a good uni. You know, he's got a traditionally, you know, he's a clever dick because he's a doctor but also does have, I've never met the guy, but just hearing from Ethan, like he is, he has got the social skills. Whereas I, I don't know if I can name many people that have got both. Yeah, I would say the same. If I, if I whilst you were speaking, I was thinking of people that have PhDs or very academically uh, intelligent and maybe focused it around the sciences. They don't, they're not very good at social skills, but they don't also have the self-awareness that they're not good at that or that they need to improve it. Because that, And that's why maybe I'm coming back to what I said before, probably changed my mind a little bit, that it's probably harder from an IQ, from IQ to get to EQ as opposed to EQ to IQ. Because sometimes oh. you don't even know. You don't even know that you need to develop it. Oh, damn. Because if you're not self-aware or willing or have that mindset to be self-aware, um, and I know I keep banging on about self-aware. No, I agree, though. I, I agree. Do you, do you think it has anything to do with, like, perhaps those who are highly intelligent have a certain amount of arrogance to them, which makes them less self-aware and less cognizant of their own flaws? Well, perhaps, but also just not knowing because if what's important to them is i don't know the chemistry formulas that you need to know about whatever um then why would anything else be important if you're competent in your expertise and your domain why do you need to make friends at work who cares as long as you can do the formula or do the you know whatever you need to do and i'm obviously it is important but i'm kind of repeating the words that some people who are in that position would say and be like well it doesn't matter I don't need to to fluff things up I can just say things how they are they got it wrong they messed it up you know they need to fix it and um, I feel like there is a difference between being arrogant and just pointing out you know if somebody like you say like you've messed it up like this is how it needs to be done correctly I feel like pointing out a mistake and advising on how to to correct it or helping to correct it is not the same as arrogance I feel really depends on a tone like you can be a twat with about anything like you can say anything in a mean manner but you can also say everything in a polite like more or less neutral manner if I have to if I'm able to chime in just to speak for myself come in I I personally think that I probably have a below average EQ and um, the reason why I say EQ is kind of more learnable, improvable than IQ is partly because of my experience. And my EQ improved a lot because I did have an older brother who went through a lot of these social situations. And, you know, I was able to learn from him. And kind of just during my course at university, there were a lot of people studying the same course as me who had low EQ, I would say. But the amount of training we have in developing those social skills during our course is actually very substantial. For example, communication skills or managing difficult patients, angry patients, things like that. So they, they're able to train your EQ up to a good level where you, know, you have the skills required to do your job and to function socially. So I, I feel like I've kind of seen that you're able to train that EQ up to a very good extent. That's why I think EQ is more improvable than IQ. That kind of 
ties in nicely to what I wanted to mention. Again, not to put you in the limelight or the spotlight again, Jason, but like being a doctor, you mentioned at the beginning, Linny, about professions, right? You've gone from uh, project management to now people management. And in in being a doctor and maybe even like being a lawyer, you would need to be highly intelligent, but also have the people skills to deal with clients and patients and stuff. So I feel like there are definitely professions that you would need a balance of both. And I'm just trying to think back to the, like the past in terms of my own um, career. And I feel like uh, we all know from the first episode, I am very much EQ heavy anyway, but it all determines on like the path you take in terms of your career. And like, I'm more drawn to more EQ and people related fields and the industry which I'm in now. So I don't know, Linny, if you had any perspectives in terms of how do you feel about making the jump from project to people management? I feel great, to be honest, um, <laughs> because I've started with a very people-based job when I was a teenager. I mean, you know, the usual, like trying to improve your pocket money a little bit at 17. So you start doing some little waitress gigs. And I really like this whole hospitality thing, speaking to people, being able to interact and make them feel like they're not going to a restaurant. They're in my dining room, like, welcome. I'm going to dish you up the best dinner I can cook up, even though, you know, Anthony from the kitchen did it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I changed into this very, like, academic sort of job. It's uh, translation-based and uh, heavily medical. And while I did not straight up hate people there I just didn't really bother too much befriending them because you know I, I didn't enjoy the job itself I didn't enjoy having to deal with like no people at all so at that point as controversial like as contradictory as it sounds I was so bothered by the fact that I can't personally interact with people that I just gave up on actively trying and make friends with people at work because I was just dealing with all those random projects and like feedback queries here and emails there and then you have the notification come in and now that I'm making the jump back into a people-based industry with managing a team and uh, managing the process of day-to-day -day life essentially in a restaurant is going to be a restaurant manager position so that means I'm actually looking forward to being a social butterfly again even though I would like to consider myself an introvert to be honest. Introverts can be social butterflies. <laughs> point <laughs> just how you get your energy I guess but um it's but it's when you said that you're a project manager and moving to people when I, I remember when I was a project manager it was all about people that's why I loved it because you okay. kind of do transverse management I, I guess it depends on the type of role that you do but I remember I was always dealing with people managing people and managing conflict or you know we've gone over budget or timeline or whatever also we need to manage their expectations and talk to them and you know and there's a lot of influencing um or empathy uh that has to happen in, well in my experience of project management no i agree that there is like a lot of interaction itself where you have to do with people of course as a project manager the projects don't just conjure themselves up like you have people obviously submitting them people working on them people delivering them but it was just like this impersonal, like the impersonal aspect that really just turned me off the whole industry as a whole and basically just this kind of direction of job. So while it was like a very comfortable office job working from home in my little office, you know, on a very comfortable chair, I can get up for snacks every time I want. Um, I'm giving that up because it was just way too impersonal and I prefer being just like I said, despite being an introvert, really like out there making people feel welcome, which as a project manager, you can't really go when you're like, hey, the project's late. Where is it at? And you can't really make people feel welcome when you're chasing them for a late project, for example. <laughs> you can influence it to make the situation or ma manipulate the situation. Manipulate them. Chasing them. <laughs> Wait, I think you mean maneuver them. Yeah, maneuver, sorry. <laughs> I wonder as well, is there like, because I remember you talking about this last time, is there like a cultural aspect or even a gendered aspect to, you know, emotional intelligence? Because I don't know if this is a taboo topic because I can see your faces. But... No, we can say anything. We can say anything, Lucy. It's a safe space. I was just thinking, it was just the other day, um, I was talking to my manager about it, and she was saying, haven't you realised that 
like think about all your social groups and then think about your partner's social groups or or compare your mum and your dad or look at you and your brother for example comparing male and female how many social groups do you have and how many social groups do they have or are they part of and I was listing which I'm a member of everything I have I've kept in touch with people from school from university from anywhere everywhere that I go now I compare them with my partner or I compare my mum and dad or my brother and there's no match like there's a huge gap in terms of numbers I just thought that was interesting in terms of you know social skills empathy and the Daniel Coleman video he, he does talk about um the differences but there's not a lot of research to kind of you know and maybe it's based on uh, our society as well but um there is a bit of a difference between women and men, women being better at empathy or social skills, naturally, perhaps. But I totally agree that you can develop it. Sometimes you need a bit of a prompt to develop it um, if you're not self-aware. But I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing that I was, you know, I was debating whether to bring this topic up because I knew it could get potentially controversial and, you know, things might have to be cut. But um yeah no i was thinking like is there a, a correlation between gender and then i guess iq as well as eq um but on your point lucy does quantity equal quality <laughs> well i have a lot of social groups that are very high quality but i mean with someone who has many social groups versus someone who has one high quality social group like well, why can't a quantity be a uh, high quality though sorry why can't a quant like for example if i count mine one two three four five six i might no no eight or ten but they're a good quality yeah they, they can be but i'm saying it is 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 it possible to have like a one high quality versus the other person with nine low quality absolutely it's possible but i think it, it kind of demonstrates i think it was interesting when thinking about men and women the difference in in this is my, this is me doing my internal research from my surroundings so it's not like official research that each time women tend tended to have more groups or parts of you know they're part of a dance class I'm part of the running group um I've, I've got a university group of friends um I've got school friends um I'm part of an L&D group as well um where we have meetups and stuff so it's it's just when I compared it to men, the number was much lower. And is it like, in your opinion, normally that you find that those women, in your opinion, have higher EQ than the men? Yes. Okay. Sometimes. That's a, a hot take for me because I would like to consider my, not a bad take, not a bad take, just a hot take. Mm -hmm. um, I consider myself on the higher EQ than IQ level. I mean, take take that statement as you will. But like you said, when you compare your friend groups or like your social circle to the social circle of your partner, for example, or like man in general, I started thinking about that as well. And I have to admit, I'm like the polar opposite, despite being oh. like EQ heavy, I say. I have a very small social circle by myself, basically. And Jason has a really big social circle. And while I was integrated, I didn't have any troubles getting integrated into that circle. I just noticed that when I actually look at, you know, whose friends were those originally, basically. Now it's like a big friend group, but whose friends were those originally? 98% of the time, it's like, oh, yeah, that was Jason's friend. That was Jason's female friend or male friend and now they're my friend as well so um i'm quite the opposite of that which i find quite interesting mm. that's so cool i mean that like i said it's like my little pool of research from the people around me so and maybe i surround myself with people like me so <laughs> my anecdotal evidence and i don't want to sound like you know the people on r slash not other girls but um i just i just noticed this kind of like glare yeah, was that a Reddit reference? Yes. Okay. R slash not other girls. I know Reddit. Great. I would say Ethan's question was quite interesting in terms of quite a few people in my life have said to me that 
yes, I do have a huge circle, a huge social circle and like multiple circles, but are they necessarily quality? And this this is something that Ethan and I actually discussed this weekend in terms of I, I spread myself too thinly amongst these people. So I need to focus on like spending time and putting more effort into the ones that matter rather than, you know, spreading myself too thinly again ag- with multiple others, for example. Because I don't know if there is a correlation between, you know, the the quality and, and quantity, but I do slightly agree with Lucy's take on apart from maybe one person again I'm trying to think of the people that I surround myself with if I'm talking about people at work we all deal with people on a daily basis and we have to have a good emotional intelligence in the work that we do so we are trying to get people back into an uh, employment okay so we have to have high EQ because we have to understand people we have to like tap into their emotions tap into their motivations and I can maybe name it is a more female dominated environment, I would say, because that's also another thing, right? The different roles and the different um, industries, some are more dominated by females, some are more dominated by males, but it's mainly females. But the ones, so I'm, I'm thinking about four or five males that I have um, at work. And they, again, they have very high EQ. And one, I would say is the, comp- he's like the male version of me. So he's kind of there are definitely anomalies i would say mm. so and i think i became a bit defensive when you asked that ethan i was like mm, i do have quality networks no no i know i know you didn't but um i guess I, it's also depending dependent on the type of person that you are so i think yvonne and i are very extroverted and i think we see people as opportunities so we love the idea of networking. We love the idea of building our, because effectively in terms of my go-to friends, I might, might have five friends um, and my family close-knit, but it's, it's like groups that I'm members of that I dip in and out um, now and then to, to get something from it and to give me energy um, because I get energy from being with people. So yeah, that's just to explain my defensiveness before. No, to be honest, I, 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 I think I mostly agree with, um yeah like i would say the females that i know have bigger social circles more varied social circles than the males i know um yeah so like yeah i kind of agree with that point um seems to be a pattern we've spoken a lot about the two different types of intelligence and the the thing that i really want to get the crux like to the crux of and me and ethan did definitely answer that already is and I don't want to presume either of your answers because you both said at the beginning of the podcast that I pretty much, you both agreed mostly with what I was saying, but do you value one more than the other? Would you prefer to be one more than the other? See, for me, it depends on the perspective Um, because personally, if I had to pick one, like where we're getting the video game analogy, um, you get to pick your either full like IQ stats or full EQ stats. I would go with the IQ stats because really, yes, as somebody who I feel, like I said, I'm on the higher EQ level, but that's also connected with a lot of like um, anxiety for me personally. I mean, it might have to do with the fact that I do have an anxiety disorder. But, you know, it's like this this ability to emphasize with people, uh, empathize with people. Empathize, yeah. um, you, you, you know, you start feeling too much at times or when you're in a state of panic. When I'm calm, I, I can identify emotions very easily. I can read the room, read any social cue whatsoever. But if I'm in a state of panic, I can still do that. But then I overshoot it with the interpretation of that social cue. So, you know, there is this joke basically of, of somebody having been married to their spouse for 10 years and they're still like, do you like me? And they're like, you've been married for 10 years. That's basically me. So if I'm in a state of panic, I overcompensate and I really don't want that. So I'd rather be just really smart because I feel like I could solve all my problems in a jiffy if that was the case. 
Ooh, okay. Solving all your problems in a jiffy. Okay. Even though I'm on the IQ side of things, I guess. I don't know. That statement is... That, that requires me to think a little bit. I'm not sure if I can take that as true. Maybe it's just a very naive way of thinking, but I would like to think that if you have a high IQ, if you have a lot of knowledge from different fields, I feel like you're pretty much ready to take on any challenge in life. I think the biggest challenge is emotions, managing emotions. I don't want to anymore. <laughs> That's the problem. But when you know how to, and you, you crack that, which is a difficult thing to crack, I think then, you know, you're, I mean, you're more fulfilled or happier, but you're, you're able to, to manage those emotions and not have uh, knee-jerk reactions or, um, I mean, I think every emotion has a function anyway, and that's probably the hardest thing to manage emotions because, you know, we're emotional people um, which, and it's totally normal to have buried emotions, but managing them or, or control, controlling or accepting, managing, controlling, combination of all of it is a really difficult thing to do. And I don't think it's something that we can achieve that easily or that quickly. So that's very true. And like, Yvonne, I can't even remember. What did you ask? I know, oh, which one's more important? Like, what would you be? Like, which one would you oh, have? Yeah. If you could only have one of, or the other. I think for like a survival perspective, EQ. If you have street smarts, then you can get far <laughs> you can survive <laughs> but yeah but but seriously speaking i think probably eq um probably because that's if if i look at what i mean i don't think my iq is low but um i think my eq has gotten me further than and if i think of people that have very high iqs but very low eqs um this is not to generalize but just the people that i know and I think because they are people close to me I, and I've, I've seen what they've done or how they stopped themselves from doing certain things that they could have achieved uh, amazing things, but they're very focused in their IQ bubble. I'm starting to not make sense now, but I, I think I saw that and I was like, mm, I don't want to be that. I want to. Can I clarify? So who yeah. do you think in your eyes has got further, the people with more EQ or IQ? EQ. Wow. Okay. So the most successful person in my life has way more IQ so that's really interesting I think I know who you're talking about of course you do <laughs> no it's not me no no definitely not <laughs> and do you value either one more than the other either of you probably subconsciously I value more EQ but that's probably from my bias because yeah from like my surroundings and just because I probably have a, a higher EQ than IQ. I value it more. But that's probably, a, a, you know, not a bias that I want to have on everything. But. I feel, because obviously I like contradictory statements, um, I <laughs> while I would prefer to be more on the IQ heavy side, I feel like EQ is generally like a higher EQ is maybe more desirable in general, because you are considered a nicer, a more sociable person if you're able to to read people a bit better. Though, personally, I would not agree with that for myself, but for others, definitely. Like, I feel like this is a more desirable trade. In, like, for me, I'm almost going the opposite way. And what I mean by that is that I also would value EQ more for myself, but for, like, the opposite reason. So because I feel like I'm lacking in EQ, I need to hold on to every little bit of shred that I can get my hands on. Yeah, I think that's that's what I mean when I say opposite. Like, so it's quite quite interesting that both you two are kind of perceive yourself as EQ heavy, and that would be your choice. Like, that's what you value most as well. That's interesting. Maybe it's the line of work I'm in as well. That's it's very, you know, coaching, leadership, management. That's what I do in my work. I don't have no idea which one I use more in my work. To be honest. Yeah, because you do a little bit. You have, but, but then again, like when you come to people interactions, it's hard just to say that you have people interactions with like the outside world because you have to have people interactions inside work. You know what I mean? Like with your colleagues. So every element of your work, no matter what you do, unless you're sitting in a dark cupboard all day, you know what I mean? Like you have to interact with people, like even if it's internal. So, but you know, okay. So I might've just not changed my mind, 
Maybe, I don't know. But from the first episode, I said straight away, I value EQ more, right? And in myself, I like the fact that I'm more EQ heavy. But then to have a to have like a a to and fro, like some of the some of the best relationships in my life, like my other half, is more IQ heavy, as an example. So if we were both like if there was two people that are too EQ heavy, but then again, like two of my best friends are EQ, you know what I mean? Like it's just there's no like definitive answer. Like I think I said this on the previous podcast, but the four closest people in my life, two of them are IQ, two of them are EQ. So I think ultimately, because I think we went in a before the 1990s, it was IQ heavy, IQ, 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 everything, nothing else mattered. And then there was a shift, emotional intelligence. Let's think about that. That's quite important as well. And now there might be a bit of a, not just from our conversation, but generally, that's all that matters. Let's forget IQ. And even the way we're speaking, even I'm hearing myself thinking like, oh, it sounds like I'm saying IQ doesn't matter at all and let's ignore it. When actually it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I know that's not necessarily helpful to answer your initial question, but it's it's just both. You need both and you need to, yeah, you always need balance. You need to develop both. Uh, and I think you can develop both. I think potential is unlimited uh, in people. I know we spoke about gender in terms of like social circles and stuff. But again, like I said, the two, the four closest people in my life, two IQ, two EQ, do you think there's a gender bias on EQ, IQ as well? So not just talking about social circles, but strictly the two closest males in my life have higher EQ and the two closest females in my life have higher EQ. Did I say that right? No, no, you didn't. I no. meant IQ. The two, the two males in my life have IQ, IQ and the two females in my life have EQ. Does that anyway, also I match? I said what you said. <laughs> yes, that Lucy got me. She knew. <laughs> I mean, I knew. You knew. I mentioned that before you even. So I was happy. <laughs> That's fine. But does that equate with you guys? Well, yeah, but I don't think it's um. I think it's a social structure, though. Like, if you think back in, you know, women weren't allowed to go to school um so it's I think and it still goes on even if you think now at school sometimes you have cooking classes or whatever and it's the women that go to cooking classes or sewing classes or dance classes um so that's still apparent now and I think because of that you have traits um for women and for men that may be more pronounced but I don't think it's like a genetic or I don't think it's in our chromosomes or hormones or whatever Mm. but you know women are better at social skills and men are, are better at I think it's more of a social construct. So I'm going to come from the medical points of view. Oh, here we go. Come, come back in, Jason. And come on in, come on we're in. We're taking the extremes of kind of low EQ. Patients with autistic spectrum disorder, you could say have no EQ because they can't pick up these social cues. They don't have the communication skills. And we know that there is a clear... Um, more prevalent in males than females. I think it's like three to one or four to one. Mm, oh, wow. having Clearly having autistic spectrum disorder more common than females. So Maybe there is a something to do with sex. Um, but that's like at the most extreme cases to be fair. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And that kind of ties a little bit into what I was thinking as well, because Yvonne, you mentioned that, oh no, Lucy, you mentioned actually that like in the recent years, EQ has become more of a topic, whereas in the 1990s, before that, uh, around that time, IQ was very much the go-to thing um, with autism, with being on the spectrum. So generally with learning disabilities and also mental disorders potentially, or like mental health awareness, I personally believe, despite not having read any sort of papers, I have not looked up any research of it because I literally just had that thought on my way here. Um, Could that surge and like EQ awareness have to do with that steady surge of mental health awareness that has been going on in the recent years? Because I remember you guys mentioning that EQ was not really like a well-known concept to you guys up until like a while ago basically and for me as somebody who struggled with mental health in the past and has gone like you know to therapy had people like highly educated people talk about how to deal with emotions and things like this it was a very well-known concept to me so when I actually listened to that podcast I was like hey that's like part of my French but that's my shit like I like that topic because 
this is something that's picking up quite a significant part of my life, basically. So I think, like, could it be that it just has to do with a lot of, like, this mental health awareness? Be more gentle, be more aware that somebody else might not be as able-bodied, as healthy, or, like, as, you know, like-minded as you, basically, to whatever extent you you will take here. But, like, just be aware of someone else. So might as well be aware of their emotions as well. For me, it's hard to say whether I have just become more aware of it because I feel like ah, we're all like roughly the same age. I feel like we've all... <laughs> Don't shake your head, Ethan. As we've like grown up, we, we've grown up in the time of we we have all matured at the same pace as mental health has become more aware. So if we take our parents' generation, for example... Yes, they are more mature, but do they necessarily have the understanding? That's why I don't know whether it's just my maturity that is me being more understanding of people as I get older or whether it is because we are part of that growing mental health awareness generation, personally. I don't know if the, if the term, I, mean, I think the concept of emotional intelligence became popularised after the night, I think it was just probably after I was born, I can't remember exactly what year, but um, when Daniel uh, Goldman wrote his book, and it was more in a like, leadership um, management capacity, but hearing you say that, I think there's a definite, like, people are keen or interested now in, in finding out more about the brain, the mind, emotions, and, you know, how it works and how we can manage our emotions. So from a, a mental health perspective, as well as emotional intelligence in the workplace, leadership management. So I think it's expanded. And I think that awareness around mental health has probably at the same time, I'm trying to do a pyramid, you know, exponentially. Thank you. Thank you for explaining to the listeners. You're right. There is a more emphasis now in HR, like at work yeah. on all of the extra benefits and all of the added benefits and making sure they take care of their staff, take care of mental health and things like that. So yeah, I do get that. Was there anything either Linny or Lucy wanted to add before we come to a close? Was there anything else you had to to ask or, or say really? I can't think of anything specifically. I feel like we've had a bit of a healthy discussion just now. Yeah, the, the only thing that comes to mind is just that, I mean, emotions matter um we we need emotions like I said every emotion has a function I feel like I keep repeating that but I think it's important to, to know and we need emotions to live I mean even if we're, if we're not face to face we use emojis or whatever to just portray that emotions don't we so um so yeah emotion matters that's my ending statement <laughs> I like that and that has I already have a topic in mind and I hopefully Ethan knows what one I'm talking about. Like I wanted to have a, an episode on specific emotions and I have this theory that maybe some emotions are actually empty and are meaningless. So I don't want to go into that now because that's a whole other topic, but I, I, I'm not sure whether I completely agree. So maybe I'd love to have you back on at some point, Lucy, after we drop that episode to discuss that because yeah, I, I have my my own thoughts. That was quite interesting that you said that, actually. That's a nice okay. tease for a future yeah. episode. <laughs> I just want to, I guess, shout out intelligence for a bit. Um, I think they've, they haven't really had the uh, spotlight in this episode. And like Lucy said, it's all about a good balance, right? I think for a lot of people, potentially everyone kind of understands int intelligence, like what it brings, what you can do with it, you know, whether you have it, whether you don't. And, and that's why there's a lot of like kind of clarification in terms of the emotional side, right? I think like, I like, I have notes down in terms of like conclusions, like self-awareness was a big thing that uh, Lucy mentioned. Maneuver versus manipulate. <laughs> a good substitute word that you want to use. Um, I also made a note to try out this Anthony's cooking that I heard was really good as well. So, um, yeah, no, like, I just want to kind of, yeah, I think it was a really good discussion. I think we covered a lot of ground and a lot of different opinions. Um, thank you for not bullying me, uh, apparently. 
Because <laughs> uh, I'm the odd one out here. But um, yeah, no, really enjoyable. Thank you both for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And if you want to get in touch, if you want to be one of these people, one of these two, you want to be the next Lindy, you want to be the next Lucy, then get in touch with us. You can email us at permeablemindspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on... <laughs> Stop laughing. Follow us on social media. Permeable Minds. Permeable Minds. That's right. Now, um, what you guys can't see is that all three of them are laughing at me, which means the bullying has begun. Thank you, you all for joining us today. Um, uh, any last words, Yvonne? No, I just want to say thank you again to Lenny and Lucy. Like, we invite two random guests on, and it was a little bit harder to organise than previous, you know, podcasts because it's someone from Ethan's circle with someone from my circle and trying to coordinate diaries was a pain in the ass. But thank you so much for joining us and for making the time and for your thought-provoking and interesting discussions. Like we never know how these episodes will turn out and it's definitely superseded my expectations. So thank you. <laughs>